Well, hello there once again, and welcome to episode 81 of Be Boomer Unleashed. Today's episode, we continue our discussion with the fascination of socialism in America today, but uh, this time we do it from a Gen Xer's perspective. I'm Jerry Lake, the Unleashed Baby Boomer, and I'll be your host for today's episode and all the episodes of Be Boomer Unleashed. Before we get into today's episode, let me remind you, as always, where you can find our podcast. You can always find us at beboomerunleashed.podbean.com. You can find us on iTunes and Google Play at Be Boomer Unleashed. Over on iHeartRadio, you can find us at be.boomerunleashed. And on Facebook, Spotify, and Instagram, you can check our link out at Be Boomer Unleashed. And on Twitter, you can find our link at Be Boomer Unleashed 1. And as always, we encourage you to drop us an email at beboomerunleashed at gmail.com. Once again, that's beboomerunleashed at gmail.com. Send us an email with your criticisms or suggestions or your evaluation of what the podcast was like. And as always, we encourage you to send us uh, suggestions for future episodes. And if you'd like to be a guest on the Be Boomer Unleashed podcast, just tell us what you want to talk about and we'll try to figure out a time to get you on the podcast. Well, this week we continue our look at the current fascination with socialism, but we'll be looking at a little different perspective this week. We'll be looking at it from a Gen X perspective. We've uh, talked with some millennials about the fascination of socialism today, and today we talked to Barry Cook. He's a fellow podcaster, and he'll join us today for part one of a two-part recorded interview. Now, Barry's a Gen Xer, and on this uh, interview, we'll discuss everything from podcasting to family and also about socialism. Barry's the host of the podcast Sheep No More, so without further delay, Let's get to that recorded interview now. Well, we have a special guest with us today on the Bee Boomer Unleashed podcast, fellow podcaster Barry Cook, who has a podcast entitled Sheep No More. And uh, I've known Barry for a number of years. Now, Barry is not one of those pesky millennials. Uh, he's a few years outside the baby boomer range. He's one of those Gen Xers, one of those pesky Gen Xers, and I had uh, Barry, wanted to have Barry on our podcast today. We've been talking to some millennials. Uh, I think we've had some really good discussions with Steve Casey and then also with Sam Denning. And a little different perspective from those two guys, but uh, great, great talk with both of them. And we've been talking about the millennials' fascination, if you will, with socialism. And uh, boy, oh boy. Uh, they are fascinated with it, and, and Stephen and uh, Sam shed a little light on that uh, for me, and I, I wouldn't call those guys t- typical millennials. Um, matter of fact, Stephen refers to himself as the bad millennial. But anyway, we're going to talk to a Gen Xer today, and we're going to talk about several things. We're going to talk about Barry's podcast a little bit. We're going to talk about maybe podcasting in general. We're going to talk about this business of socialism, and uh, maybe does COVID play into social? You know, it, it, I don't know which way this conversation is going, but it'll go one direction or another. So we're glad to welcome Barry Cook to the Bee Boomer Unleashed podcast. Welcome, Barry. Uh, thank you so much, Jerry. How you doing? 
Well, you know, for an old guy, I'm I'm doing pretty well. I'm one of those I'm one of those pesky baby boomers. I just turned seventy about a week or so ago, so I'm one of those uh, old codgers, you know. Yeah, it's a number. It's just a number. It's just a number. It's just a number. <laughs> and we can talk about that. My retirement plan out there is just a number. And when we go digital <laughs> currency, you know, they're liable to take that number, you know. But anyway, that's a that may be <laughs> a topic. Story. That, that may be a topic for another day. But uh, Barry, uh, you have a podcast. Uh, you started a podcast recently, Sheep No More. Tell us a little bit about that and what got you interested in podcasting. I did, um, and um, I feel like uh, I feel like Moses. You know, I'm I'm not that eloquent, you know, <laughs> but uh, well. I really just uh, I just let the Lord lead. I was um, the thing in my head that kept it just kept pounding is evil people are powerless. You know when when good people are not afraid right and i was sitting around and i just was watching everything happen and what can i do that was the question that came up to me what can i do you know um so this was um this was the best way to do it i i'm pretty computer literate i just went in there and started playing around and uh, there it is well you know and you know barry it's um there's lots and lots, as you know, lots and lots of podcasts out there, and everybody can't listen to all of them. Obviously, I've listened to your podcast, and you do a good job, and we're proud of you for what you do there. And we have a lot of followers on B Boomer Unleashed, and we're on a lot of different formats. We're on Podbean and iHeartRadio and iTunes and Google Play, and you know, right. lot lots of different places. But you know, and you and I have discussed this just briefly before but in this day and time with the, the the mainstream media and the shape it's in you're not really going to hear what's going on in the world from the mainstream media and it, it, it might be podcasters uh, uh, like us who have audiences of 30 or 50 or 500 or 5,000 small potatoes in comparison to guys like Glenn Beck or Sean Hannity or some of them you know but uh, what do you think about that? Do you think podcasting is a, is a way to get the word out? Well, you're absolutely right. Uh, my mind goes back to, you know, President Trump when he, he started his campaign. And, you know, say what you want about Twitter. But if it wasn't for Twitter, I, I don't believe he would have been elected. Um, MSNBC, you know, the, the mainstream media, they're not they're not going to um, report. They're not going to let him have a voice. And, you know, dur- early on in late 2015, you know, he, he got on Twitter and really made an impact and um you know we don't i don't have the twitter following that he does but you know it's uh you know he is the president but you know that is how i feel that any conservative not just me with the podcast not just you with the podcast but any conservative that is the the only way that you'll get this stuff across now especially now that twitter youtube you know i call them the masters of the universe uh, are censoring everything so, you know, we'll do this podcast until they start censoring this. And then, like you said, maybe we'll just go to ham radio. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> well, you know, President Trump, um, that's one of the reasons, uh, among many, that that's one of the reasons the mainstream media hates him so much is because they don't control the narrative. With every right. other with every other president from uh, the time we had media uh, uh, up until Donald Trump, the uh, media... The mainstream media, uh, PMS, NBC, um, uh, uh, 
CNN, all these all these media outlets, uh, ABC, NBC, CBS, the New York Times, they controlled that narrative. And when President Trump, with the Twitter feed, can go out and present his case to the people, they no longer control the narrative. And win a presidency. And win a presidency. Right. That's power. That's power right there. And, um, you know, um, I've used this analogy before. I believe that um, they're, they're dogs that are they're, that are backed into a corner right now. They, they see that. I, I honestly believe that there's no way that they're going to, the Democrats, they being the Democrats, are going to win, win this election. And I believe they know it. Um, so, you know, it, it works. People have been turned on to the through the um, rhetoric to the uh, agenda of the mainstream media, and it wouldn't have gotten out if it wasn't for podcasters, if it wasn't for you know Twitter, social media in you know in its infancy. Um, but I believe that people are. I, I'm just uh, I'm, I'm usually not this optimistic, but I'm just very optimistic about the things that I'm I'm seeing, and you know these types of media the that is happening is 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 very key to this. Yeah, I, be, I believe so, and and I'm optimistic about the election in the fall. Of course, God's in control. He sets up yes, leaders. Sir. He takes them down, and, and if he wants us to have four more years of a conservative leadership, then nothing they can do about Donald Trump being elected, and if he, he wants to bring judgment on us and put these socialists in here, then that we, you know, they really can't do anything about that either, but, you know... We kind of deserve it. We kind of yeah, deserve it. Yeah, we do, and... Uh, you know, when he won the last election um, and everybody had Hillary picked as the winner, and it's just like it is now. They're saying Biden's leading in the polls, Biden's leading in the polls. You know, Trump's falling behind. The people are going to vote for Biden. Well, they said the same thing about Hillary. She was the presumptive president. Oh, a landslide. It was. I just watched this um, um interview with Steve Bannon and they were they were telling him backstage there's gonna be four hundred to whatever's left, you know, electoral landslide. And, you know, it's you would think they would have the Democrats would have learned their lesson the first time, but it's the same playbook. They just keep repeating the stuff and, you know, it, it it's it's amusing because it was just the, the same polls, you know. Um, you know, I've never been polled. I, I don't know about you, but No. <laughs> no. They don't want to hear what we have to say. No. Absolutely <laughs> not. You know, we're probably on some uh, liberal hit list somewhere that, you know, we're, we're the, don't ever poll those guys because they're not going to give you the results you want. Right. But, uh, you know, when he won that election, I have never, you know, like I said, I'm 70 years old, um, never in my lifetime. My mom is 93. Never in her lifetime has she seen anything like it. Um I have never seen so much hatred. I mean, they were going to impeach President Trump before he even took the oath of office. Oh, yeah. And, yes, um, it was, um, you know, it was Stormy Daniels. Yeah. Then it was Russia collusion. Right. Then it was impeachment. And now we're on to COVID-19. Right. And now we're back to we're back to racism. Yeah. It's been three years of a uh, total avalanche. Right. And as soon as the election is over, we'll not hear of COVID-19 again. I really, I really think you were going to have a miraculous cure, you know? You're right. You're right. 
And, uh, you know, I, you know, I believe COVID is a real deal and I don't want it. Make, make sure. no mistake. I don't want a common cold. I don't want flu A or flu B. Right. But if we hadn't known about that, if the media hadn't blown that out of the water when they did, mm-hmm. and we didn't know all that was going on, I don't think this flu season would have been much different than any other flu season. Do you? No, it's down to um, half of 1%. Um, like I said, the numbers are being inflated. Um, and I'm not just a conspiracy theorist. I, I do work in the healthcare field. I do have a little bit of insight. Um, I talk to some very good doctors on a daily basis, um, insurance people on a daily basis. Um, so, you know, it's not like I'm, I'm coming from, you know, the side of a, a shoe salesman. You know, I do have a little bit of insight on this. So, you're exactly right. It will never, we, we won't see it. It'll be completely gone. And when I say, you know, I get in trouble sometimes when I say that COVID-19 is a hoax. Now, I'm not saying the the virus is a hoax. Right, Obviously, right. It, it was there. The hoax is what is being portrayed by the, the media, you know, the um, CDC, World Health Organization, i.e. the deep state, the progressives, whatever you want to label them. You know, that's what that's that's the hoax. Um, the uh, now the virus is real. But like you said, it's uh, it's no worse than flu. It's um, I think it's down to half of one percent right now. So. But it's but it's a handy thing. It's a handy thing. I mean, you know, uh, what better way to keep Joe Biden in the basement than with the uh, COVID-19? You know, the, oh, yes, they don't want those debates will never happen. No, there will. Those debates won't happen. There won't be a presidential no. debate this year. And, uh, you know, they basically shut down the Trump rallies, uh, yep. which is where his that's his strong suit when he connects with people, you know. And, uh, you know, they've pretty much shut him down on social media. Every time you turn something on, on YouTube and I, I follow YouTube a lot of. I watch a lot of fishing videos, and and yeah. I'm kind of weird. I like to watch boats battling big waves out on Lake Erie and different places, you know. But but uh, every time you turn on one of those videos, you get a commercial that's anti-Trump. You know, yes. you don't see uh, a commercial on there for Donald Trump. It's I voted for Donald Trump in 2016, and boy was I disappointed. You know, just stuff like that. You know, and. Um, they, uh, um, you know, they're not even in the closet with it. You know, used to there was some semblance of, you know, uh, a covert operation, but they're so overt about it and so over the top about it now. I've, well, I've, the, I've never seen anything like it. The deep state is no longer deep state. They're out in uh, they're out in plain sight right now. Right. Uh, you know they're they're real, but now they're just they're out there, and uh, they're you know who they are. If you pay attention, you know who they are. Well, I um, uh, read some good books here recently. I don't know if you've read Dark Agenda or not, but uh, by David Horowitz, and then I just finished his book, his newest book, Blitzed, and all the dirty tricks. You know Horowitz in the dark agenda talks about how Christianity is under attack. Now Horowitz is an agnostic Jew, but he gives the best defense of Christianity in America that I've, I've ever heard. And, and he, and Isn't he, God awesome. Yeah, he is. God can use, use right. it's amazing. And then, uh, he goes through dirty trick after dirty trick after dirty trick since before the election in 2016 till now. 
And, you know, he's predicting that uh, President Trump will uh, come out victorious in a, in a, in a big win. And uh, I'm, I'm hopeful that there are other people that think like us out there. I think a lot of people do. I, um, you know, people, my personal acquaintances and personal friends who were dyed-in-the-wool staunch Democrats who voted for Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton yes. are, are saying, we can't, we can't vote for these people. How can we do that? Because, uh, you know, used to, the, the Democratic Party is nothing like it was back years ago. I mean, when I first registered to vote back in... Uh, uh, when I was 21, you couldn't do it when you were 18 back then, but in 1971, when I voted, I registered as a Democrat because my granny and granddad and my mom and dad were all Democrats. Totally different party. It's it's sure. it's not a, the Democratic Party now. It's just not. My father-in-law, he's uh, oh, staunch, and we would have great, great man. Love that guy. He's he's. Uh, we would just have conversations, no arguments. But um, he pulled up. Uh, he put up to church. He he. It was about a two two and a half three years ago. Pulls up and you know I go. Well, you me and my wife. We go out there. We get him out and I go around the back and I look and he's got a Trump sticker on the back of his, tr- on the back of his car. <laughs> I said, John, welcome to the train. There's a, there's plenty of seats. <laughs> he just smiled. But you're right. They they. You're right. But if anybody that has uh, half a brain, and I say that tongue-in-cheek, but anybody that has uh, reasonable mental capacity that cannot see what's going on, um, they're lying about that. I mean, you know, they have to see what's going on right now. You know, I I believe that. Um, Romans chapter 1 tells us we have a conscience, and, you know, we... We know we know right from wrong. I believe, I believe a lot of this is somebody that's kind of shifting gears here, but somebody that's very um, key in this in this move, movement right now. I see this person changing a lot of minds, and it's Candace Owens. Oh yeah, um, just how she just just speaks facts, speaks truth. I believe these people consciously consciously know that it takes um, it just takes that one person to make them think. I always, the one thing I always say in my podcast is, hey, don't listen to me. And I got that from my Sunday school teacher. I don't know who that who, who I don't know the, who that was. <laughs> who, who that yeah. would have been, but yeah. <laughs> hey, look look for it. Read it. Yeah. Look, at the, look at what comes out of these people's mouth. Don't, don't listen to me. Right. And um, that's the approach that she takes, and that's his, I think that's really key in this. And, and I, I see a lot of uh, the African-Americans coming out, and even people that were, like you said, the staunch Democrats are – they're thinking now. Well, Candace Owens' Blexit movement. I mean, basically, she's she's told her people to come off the plantation. Come off the plantation. Because the Democratic Party is still holding them down. I, I read an article this morning. As a matter of fact, I shared it on Facebook. Got lots of comments on it. Um, there's this county in Oregon that has a mandatory face mask requirement, but they've exempted people of color because they might be racially profiled. Now, how racist is that? I mean, what an affront. What what a an uh-huh. assault to people of color. Yet people will sit yes. there and listen to that and say, well, that's a nice thing. No, it's not. That's 
you would have to be some racist to think up that you're going to exempt people of color. That's a terrible discrimination against those folks. It's terrible. This this whole concept of you can't be racist if you're the minority. I don't know how that I don't know how that pierced us. You know, it's I mean, Al Sharpton, he in my opinion. And, you know, listen, <laughs> he, he's he's the most racist person in America, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. You know, it's just like, how in the world do you, you know, can you do this kind of stuff? But she is, man, she, she's not stopping either. She's got so much um, intestinal fortitude, man. She just, she doesn't care. No, I'd like that's to what see, it takes. Uh, I'd like to see President Trump offer her a cabinet position of some kind. And I'd like to see at some point in time, she might need to run for public office. But I think she's doing, doing a lot of benefit, not a lot of good doing what she she's is. doing right now. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, Candace Owens was pretty small potatoes when she started out, but, boy, she caught on, and and uh, she is uh, she's just a whirlwind. And uh, she You know, is, the thing with her, she just she just speaks truth. Now, she, she gets heated. You know, she, oh, yeah. she's easily, you know, you pull the she right string, she's going to come at you, but, you know, she speaks truth. It's that listen to what I'm saying and not how I say it. And um, it's resonating. It really is. Well, and, you know, like we talked before, you know, you, you you can't just listen to the mainstream media because you're not going to hear what's going on. And I've used this little example before on one of my episodes. I don't remember which one, but those who are regular listeners may remember. But when I was at Marshall University 100 years ago, um, I was uh, uh, I had a minor in journalism. And we had a speaker series down there, and one of the speakers was uh, David Brinkley, which none of the millennials oh, know. Wow. None of the millennials know who that is. You know, they might know Christy Brinkley, but not David. You know, <laughs> but uh, David Brinkley uh, was one of the speakers on that series, and I got to sit in a in a room with about hundred people, and David Brinkley got to meet him, shake his hand, talk to him. Um, and uh, that's when he and Chet Huntley were doing the Huntley-Brinkley Report, the first news show that came from two different locations, you know, with two different guys, you know. And, right. and uh, they had about a 30-minute show every, every evening. And David Brinkley made this comment, and it really resonated with me. And I've used it as, as a springboard for other things. He said if the only news that you're getting is what you're getting on the nightly news, on NBC nightly news, you're getting very little news. He says you have to, you know, kind of go out and, and find out what's going on. Just like, you know, the the Bible. If the only Bible you're getting is 30 minutes of church, you're not getting very much Bible. You need to study that on your own. Jed Flowers, I had him on the show, on the podcast here several weeks ago, and Jed's communication director for Cabell County School. And he and I talked about that very thing. I said, Jed, how do, how do we determine what's fake news and what's not? You know, there's all this fake news and all this uh, biased news going on. I said, how, you know, you've been in the business for a long time, Jed. How do we determine? And he said, well, we need to become reporters ourselves. Mm-hmm. We can't just take it at face value. Somebody says something, then we have to trace that down to see if what they were telling was true. Hence the podcasts. Hence the podcasts. And, right. um, you know, it's it, it's come around. Well, we've been talking about socialism and uh, with these millennials. And like I said, had great discussions with 
Steve Casey and Sam Denning. They're great kids. Both of them former students of mine when I was principal out at Huntington High. And uh, great, great kids. Bright, bright, bright young men. Um, but we've been talking about this business of socialism. And, um, you know, of course, socialism is rampant on our college and university campuses. Uh, most of the professors are liberal uh, socialists. Um, and like I say, the, even the politicians have come out of, clause, out of the closet uh, with that. I guess Bernie Sanders was the first to come out, and, that, and then it became stylish to be uh, a, a quote-unquote democratic socialist, you know. And uh, only different difference in socialism and democratic socialism is democratic until you voted in there, and then it's, uh, then it's dictatorial socialism. But anyway... Why do you think, you know, what's your take on this, Barry? Why why the fascination with socialism, particularly among the millennials, but yet there are still some, there are a few baby boomers and Gen Xers that I know that are intrigued with socialism too. What, what What's up with that? Um, I say, you know, I say it in my podcast, it's, it's, got, it's got to come from somewhere. Our, our public school system is... Um, is failing when I, you know, when I was in school, um, some of the greatest people that I admired, respected, they were, they were teachers. They were, there wasn't an agenda. This, this, you know, I blame a lot of it on common core, you know, you know, how do you, how do you, uh, become a good socialist? Well, you, you, you teach little socialists, um, you know, Adolf Hitler, you know, you, you control the, the young, you gain the future. Um, and, that's what's happening. It's the, and the mainstream media being culpable in all of this. Um, you know, that's, it's, it starts. And I know, I know you're a, you're a former teacher. Um, um, but it's, uh, things have changed. Things have changed. Um, there's, there's a lot to say about what is happening. I mean, you mentioned the colleges and the universities. Yes. But you know, it, it does start with that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm a I'm a former school teacher that homeschooled his kids. <laughs> so I mean, I, I understand. Somebody asked me one time, said, "How can you do that? How hypocritical is that? How can you work for the public school system and homeschool your kids?" And I said, "Well, if you work at Sears, do you ever shop at J.C. Penney? You know, I mean, so uh, yeah, right, just because right. I felt I could make a difference, and I felt I did make a difference when I was involved in the public school system as as an educator and as a school administrator and finally as a personnel director, I think while I was there I did make a difference and I never cheated Cabell County Schools out of a penny. I never had to back into a paycheck. I earned more right. than they ever paid me. Right. But, uh, but you know, you're right. The educational system as a whole, now there are, bright, there are bright spots. There are some schools in Cabell County that are doing an excellent job with their kids, but as a whole... Yes. The educational system is in the toilet. It's yes. it's it's gone. You know, Jerry, I paint that with a broad a broad brush when I when I say that. I'm you know, I'm not trying to my hometown, um, you know, right across the river from where we're at now, southern Ohio, uh, went to a football game a couple years ago and you know, they prayed a prayer and in Jesus' name and you know, it's it's a good school. I understand that it's gonna just take one person you know, to, hey, we can't be doing that. But, you know, there are bright spots. And I, I, I don't mean to paint that with a broad, a broad brush like I did. Well, that's about all the time we have for today's 
episode. We're going to finish this recorded interview next week with Barry Cook, and we're going to pick up just exactly where we left off next week as we continue this discussion on the fascination with socialism and, well, you know, what's this all about anyway. And next week, like I say, we'll conclude our conversation with Barry Cook. Uh, I hope you'll join us for that episode and all the episodes of Be Boomer Unleashed. But until we see you again, have a great week and may God bless each and every one of you. Goodbye. Bye.